0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. All
1: right, Tom Murphy standing by on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Let's bring him in to talk about all the things. Tom, Arkansas getting screwed by the officials. We got uh, offensive coordinators going to, I don't know, Browner Pastures maybe. Uh, a lot of confusion this week and then we got the return of old dan enos back to fayetteville so plenty to chop up at this point my friend how are you
0: i'm doing great and you're right man lots of things on my mind um i heard you guys talk about officiating uh and by the way in the women's game last night super well competed you got to give them credit but they had a shot clock violation in the final two minutes That was just a killer possession and then wound up with like taking a three on another one so they're their in-game offense in the half-court was not ideal, but you got to give them credit, and all those things you guys just said—yeah, there should be an NCAA tournament team. All that on the men's side. Um, so yeah, the SEC amidst the uh, error, which is you know harkens back to the 2020 football game at Auburn that basically decided the outcome. Uh, the football game clearly decided the outcome. This one could have, but I was also—I
2: yeah.
0: was more uh, aggrieved with the. The charge call on Ricky Council coming down the stretch, um, the guy moved in. I mean, the guy was moving yeah. up and sideways when it happened. And I just wish they had one call like the NBA does where they could challenge a call and they look at it and go, oh, yeah, the guy was moving. And it just changed yeah. the, the utter complexion of the game. And so I think what happened is sometimes when the home team is down like that, they were down 10, and they start making this charge and the crowd gets into it, sometimes – the officials kind of get caught up in that emotion of, like, you know, if this next call is against the home team, that might do it. Mm-hmm. And so they end up getting, like, they get the benefit of non-calls, they get the benefit of, of 50-50 type calls, and I just think that happened in that game.
1: I want to give kudos, and, and let me just sidebar PSA before I dig in here, and I hope I can stay on track because I get a little ADD. Um, those of you who say, I don't want to be on Twitter, there's too much negativity on Twitter, I hate Twitter. N- n- no, you're creating negativity on Twitter. I never have negative interactions on Twitter, almost never. So you also get awesome stuff on Twitter. Some brilliant young person, I assume, young, Tanner Hogg, yesterday, put together a compilation of all the screw jobs that Arkansas suffered in that one game against Missouri to the music of Kirby Enthusiasm because they're a bunch of dolts like You know, Larry can be on occasion. That's brilliant content right there, and that's the kind of stuff you get from being on Twitter. Now, you don't want to bother with social media. That's fine. I don't think you're a bad person if you don't, but I retweeted that. I thought that was great content. You know what else I had on here? I have a guy playing catch with a beluga whale out in the ocean. He's throwing a football. The whale is getting it and bringing it back to him over and over again. And then I had to retweet the fact that four years ago today the Saints got screwed by the biggest non-call in the history of the NFL, where the Rams defensive back Ooh. ran through a receiver, never looked for the ball, and there was no flag thrown. <laughs> so these are the kinds of things that I think are important. But Tom, that collection of all the plays—you had the the plays you talked about, the council play, the the offensive foul that was uh, again reviewed, and then uh, you know the, the the officials were of course reprimanded in some form or fashion, at least publicly. And then the, we didn't even mention the call where, uh, where the, the 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 mystery Mitchell foul that was a complete joke. They didn't even address that one. Like, oh yeah, and the phantom call that the guys saw. I mean, come on, man. It was uh, it was rough, rough day for the officials that day.
0: Yeah, well, there was a little bit of instant karma on that one because he didn't make the free throw, so he didn't deserve it. Golston didn't deserve yeah. it. However, it fouled Mitchell out of the game. The one on Devo right. fouled him out of the game. Uh, now, Kamani, he gets in there and hacks, and his five were probably deserved. But um, I think if Jordan Walsh doesn't foul out of the game. And he, no. He had a ticky-tack. Jordan Walsh oh. had a ticky oh, among his five. So, yeah. which, Edward, which
2: one of his five? Yeah, I mean, Mitchell gets – or
0: Walsh gets screwed –
1: yeah, yeah. Walsh gets screwed point. every game. I mean, it seems like to me, too, Tom. I heard, that was the other thing. I asked Devo this yesterday. Devo, I said, how old are you? And he said, I'm 21. I said, when did you start playing competitive basketball? He said, I was six. So I said, in 15 years, have you ever been a part of a game where four guys fouled out in the same game? And he's like, no. Tom, you've been covering sports longer than Devo's been alive. Have you ever seen a game where four dudes fouled out of a basketball game, not got ejected because of a fight, four guys fouled yeah. out of a college basketball game, and some other dude had four fouls?
0: Ever? No, no, I can't remember one ever. I mean, there's probably one back in my days covering the American South, the Sun Belt, way back, that it probably happened. But I just can't recall it. Um, And, you know, I I thought at the start of the second half, the fouls were building up on Missouri. And I thought, oh, gosh, you know, Arkansas quote, getting these calls, and it's going to come back on them. And, boy, it it did tenfold. And you just hate that that was basically a win that they had and it was kind of taken away from them, and you know. But the but the truth is, they have to learn how to close better at the end of games. Like Devo's drive, okay, yeah, he probably did get fouled, but is that what you wanted right there? Somebody on the wing had to be open because there were about three guys around Devo. So anyway, they have to learn end of game situations a little bit better, how to close when you're ahead by ten. And um, I don't know, it's frustrating um, if you're Egg Muslim, but I do think it's somewhat encouraging, and you guys hope question of the day I've been I've been saying these aren't must-win games the last couple three I think this one is I think if they if they don't win this one you know Ole Miss is is a clear bottom two of the team in the conference between them and South Carolina and you can't lose at home to one of the bottom two teams it's too much to overcome if you don't win this one
2: Tom, on the Guatney Automotive postgame show after the Missouri game, we had a Razorback fan who was at the game sitting close enough to the floor to where he could hear Missouri's head coach talking to the referees, and he pointed out exactly what you said. And There was a point in the second half where Arkansas uh, had been called for four fouls and Missouri had been called for nine, and their coach was pointing it out to the referees at every single available moment to look at the uh, foul, foul total. We're at home. Yeah. How have they been called for five? How have we been called for five more fouls? And I think you're exactly right. The officials are human, and they were trying to even that up. They're subhuman. Hmm. I got a question. We're trying to figure out why Jordan Walsh is targeted. He, he picks up a lot of fouls, ticky tack fouls. What is it about him? Someone said yesterday because he's bald that maybe, yeah, because he sticks out. Who said that? Somebody online, Twitter. That maybe that helps. That he, He's an easier target because he doesn't have any hair, and now the word's out. He has a reputation of fouling, and it's easy to find the bald guy on the court. That seems kind of
1: ridiculous to me. It also seems I, like yeah, discrimination. Yeah.
2: Yeah, let's just say discriminating against the people with alopecia—that seems like a—that seems like. Okay, explain it, because I can't explain it. Why does he get called for so many f- I, I, and so many of them? If you'll like- be quiet, Tom will explain it. Tom, go ahead.
0: I can't explain it. I think that's deep psychology, oh, and sorry. I don't know what percentage chance there's a ch- that that happens. However, I think he is young, and I think he reaches sometimes. I haven't seen all of his fouls, but I do think he reaches into like the ball is stopped situation, and he's reaching in, and he, he's got yeah. to learn you know, not play with his hands as much, uh, you know, the reach-in part. But other, other than that, I, I don't know if I care to speculate on <laughs> that.
1: Yeah, the comment I got from us this week, or after the game, I guess, it, it indicated to me that he thought the majority of the stuff against Walsh was legitimate, at least in that particular game, because he was, you know. And then even Devo said he's got to learn not to foul as much. So I mean, I don't think that they're losing sleep over some of the fouls he's been called for, but that one was very ticky-tack. And I think our impression is – uh, that he is getting called for ticky tax on a regular basis. And I would also say that I hope there's some kind of, like, questionnaire where they ask officials about certain things and they qualify them in certain ways. And one of the questions should be, do you hate people with alopecia? And if the answer is yes, you shouldn't be allowed to work in Arkansas game. I know that for sure. <laughs> so let's have that conversation up front, right? Let's just keep everything out in the open. That's the way I like. Transparency, Tom. That's the only way to make, make people trust in officials who otherwise appear to be completely biased and, and ridiculous and stupid. Um. All right. So this Bryles thing, we've heard a lot more talk about Bryles this week that we have about Enos. It's funny to me, Tom, because a couple of weeks ago, you and I were sitting here defending Ken O'Brile's, and then he leaves, and uh, you know now we got people up in arms because he left. And I'm like, where were, where were you guys to defend him when all these people were bashing him for the occasional bad play call or what was perceived as a bad play call? But people are pretty bent about the, not only that he left, but the way this all apparently went down from our perspective.
0: Yeah, the fan sentiment, I, you know, Twitter, you're just getting a certain segment of the crowd, obviously. But I stand by my defense of the production of his team. Um, uh, Now, were were there various points in games where I thought there were play calls that went against, like, the momentum of the Texas A&M game. You're up 14 to nothing. you're moving the ball with Dominic Johnson, and then you run the three plays in a row with Hornsby that just tank that drive, and And Texas A&M then scored its first touchdown of the game on the ensuing possession. So there were those. But I can live with those if, you know, if you're productive otherwise. And, you know, the receiver passes they've had and all that, those haven't worked with any great deal of success. Trey Knox uh, um, in motion under center, the sneak against Missouri, that didn't work either. Um, And, you know, I've been very critical of their red zone off, red zone um, failures. But a lot of those were without KJ in the game. With KJ in the game, they're they're a very solid red zone team. Okay, so um, yes, I thought the fan sentiment was a little bit overboard. Uh, the glee they took that Arkansas posted—they'd hired Dan Enos before TCU hired Briles. But I do think, and I've talked to some folks about this, I do think Sam Pittman got tired of the playing against these other teams. The Mississippi State, when he turned it down, okay, if you've done that, then you're with us now. And then when TCU came along, I think, I think Sam already was ready to call on Dan Enos to make that happen, and he did. Uh, he just got tired of messing with it. So if that makes Kendall Wild happy to be back in Texas in his home state, um, then that's great. Um, I, I, I think his, his schemes and the way he uh, attacked uh, defenses was solid, but I also think Dan Enos has a great track record of that. And having talked to Austin Allen yesterday – and listening to Clint Sterner, reading Clint Sterner's tweet, they feel like Dan Enos is a very high-quality teacher of the quarterback position, and it will help KJ on the professional level be able to read defenses and, and do pro-style things better. So, um, you know, I think it's, I think having Dan Enos on board was a quality move. He and Sam worked together for a year, and I, I think it will uh, it will be a decent marriage. Don't know how long, but I think it will be good.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I was just thinking as you talked about that, and I'm not, you know, bagging on Coach Pittman, but he has said this is his last job. This is the only job he wants. He doesn't want another job. But most of the people that work for him are not going to feel that way. This is not going to be their final destination. And so, right. you know, you you've got to allow people to try to improve their situations. And and Tom, I didn't realize this until I read your story today, and we were quoting poorly what uh, the figures were because I forgot to take the 30% of the money owed on the contract, and I had TCU paying like $2.5 million to get Kendall Bryles. I'm like, oh, 30% of that, dummy. Anyway, good job by you. I just am a complete moron. But what I didn't realize in there was that – what was the other part of that story? Oh, if he left for a head coaching job, he wouldn't have to pay a buyout. And I thought, Tom, if he rides this train one more year, with all the weapons they have come back on offense and knowing his success and track record, I don't know how the defense is going to be, but I have every belief that the offense will be good. Why would you not try to ride it one more year and then, you know, turn that into a head coaching opportunity next season? I don't understand the thinking there.
0: Yeah, I don't either. And I don't know how serious he was about TCU. He might have been super serious. But the fact that he entertained the offer, I think, was just the tipping point for Sam Pittman. And so we don't know unless Kendall Briles comes out and says uh, at some point in his career, yeah, I was feeling this way about the TCU offer. So um, – I do think he'll get a head coaching job. I do think the Baylor scandal probably um, makes some administrators a little bit leery of making him the face of the program. But I do think at some point he will he will get that shot. Um, and so yeah, we'll too. see how he does with TCU. Um, I mean, they've got a change at quarterback. I mean, it looks like Chad Morris, the son Chandler, might be the starter there. So I know it. Of all the things I'm going to keep track of next year, um, watching how UNLV performs. Watching what TCU does with Kendall at coordinator are going to be way high up there outside, you know, my SEC coverage.
2: Tom, what do you think it says that Arkansas announced the hiring of Dan Enos before TCU announced the hiring of Kendall Bryles?
0: Well, I just think that they they were ready. I mean, uh, I'm covering the basketball game, and Arkansas had just gone up by 10 when I saw the Chris Lowe tweet about, you know, in extensive talks with Dan Enos about to close it. Well, dang. So that meant he had Dan Enos on deck, teed up, ready to go. Um, And I think, you know, some of the early reporting from football scoop was that the, the portal window had something to do with the timing. And so I think Sam Pittman knew a lot earlier in the week, possibly by, you know, last Saturday when apparently the offer was out there. I think he knew by at that point, the direction he was going. And so they basically had the Dan Enos bio up, ready to go. Um, And that's, they could do there. I don't think the TCU's announcement had any bearing on what Arkansas was planning to do, but the fans sure enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Would you believe that Enos was ready to be hired uh, when Mississippi State was talking to uh, Bryles? You know, it wouldn't
0: surprise me in the least that when the Mississippi State talk started, Sam's like, okay, let me call my old buddy and say, look, this is going on, there's no telling, like, Kendall's going to get another job sooner or later. How interested would you be? And he's got the pulse of Dan Enos. And if that was, yeah, I'd love to come back to Arkansas. Then as soon as the next thing came around, the next flirtation, he was ready to go. And so that's why I think they were ready to mobilize, and and Dan Enos is on the ground in Arkansas taking pictures and seeing prospects. That
1: was a weird turn of events. And, again, I think the uh, basically let's run it back thing is yeah. uh it was so short-lived and it was so recent that people were i think they feel a little bit spurned you know
0: yeah, yeah you know, I and bit. i don't get what i don't get quite as worked up like as the fans yeah you know these guys these guys um uh, have have their you know their lives their careers to think about and all but it does it does come back a little bit poorly on Kendall um that he did that and then listen to another job offer so I'm just thinking that yep. the TCU deal in his own state was maybe uh, too much to, to pass up.
1: Yeah, understandable, I guess in some ways. Anyway, <laughs> Tom, thank you for the time, my friend. Enjoy the weekend.
0: Um, I'm, I didn't catch all that. Was it the NFL?
1: No, I said thank you for the time. Enjoy the weekend. We, uh, yeah, we got to hit a break. Otherwise, I'd love to delve into it. You got any upsets this weekend, or you like all the favorites?
0: Yeah, I just think there's going to be one upset, and I would like it to be the Cowboys. 92. But I think I think the Bengals—they're probably a slight underdog. The Bengals at the Bills—I I get a sniff that that could be uh, a, the upset.
1: Okay, let's go with that. Tom, thanks, buddy. We'll talk next week.